Hello and welcome to another episode of Between Here and There. I'm Sean. I'm Charlotte. Oh, I'm, I'm Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> and? And Summer. Yay! And today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. All right, for those of you who don't know, we're going to tell you exactly what imposter syndrome is. It's very common among uh, high achievers, particularly. And, um, you know, we, we happen to have three high achievers, two. Two here in the room. Yeah, I don't I'm, consider I, myself to be a housewife. No, I'm, I'm not a. I'm no, not me. I'm just no. a housewife. What are you no. talking about? Oh my gosh, literally. <laughs> and that is actually one of them. <laughs> yeah. I went to Harvard the main students. Symptoms okay. Of of of. <laughs> I like with two Harvard people. Okay. Hey, what are you talking about? Hey. This <laughs> is imposter syndrome at its finest. Charlotte, where did you go to school? Um, I got my MBA at UCLA. Yeah. And you're at college? Um, Wyndham Mills College, a women's mm -hmm. college, yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So also excellent education, right? And she calls herself just a housewife. Yes. Meanwhile, can you tell us all the things that you, you used to do? You did venture capital. Yes, I did. You did. Um, oh, by the way, I thought I was an imposter then. Like, I was just telling um, Summer, I had to go to these like uh, older, like uh, people that are like my, my father's age. Yeah. And then I have to go to them and go, hey, according to our spreadsheets, your mm. cost is too high. I think you should need to let some people go. Mm. And what do I know? I've never run a business before. But I have to go to them oh. and put on a straight face. Oh, so that's actually in a, in a working setting. Yes, kind of where it you is. you felt that imposter syndrome. Well, of course, we did, like, it's a group effort. We did, like, analysis after analysis. We did, like, our spreadsheet. Uh -huh. But how do you go from spreadsheet and numbers and you go to a person that's, like, the managing this company and go, hey, you know, I think you should, you know, I think your cost is too high. I would imagine that would be pretty nerve-wracking, especially when they're, like, older yes. and they have a lot more business experience and they're in and high tech like they're in high tech well that's yeah that's probably another another type of imposter syndrome what we're talking about is just generally feeling like you actually don't deserve the whatever accomplishments yes. that people say that you have like mm -hmm. oh you're so smart you're great so we you know we, we have we have two harvard alums here oh, well not alums uh, i'm an alum you're you're an entering <laughs> harvard i haven't done anything yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> you haven't done anything yet. <laughs> and and you so, will, so many child. people <laughs> so many people always ask us. It's like, oh, you know, you oh what makes you so you know Lee High? So right? Harvard E. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you so Harvard E? <laughs> and, and so we get this a lot, right? So I think um, so we Summer and I came up with this episode idea. It was one of those things where we're just like, yes, let's talk about this because we really, really, really feel it. Yeah, could and talk for hours. Yeah, we can literally talk for hours because Summer here um, wrote up these these pages of notes in ten point font. That <laughs> so she's going to walk us through exactly what is imposter syndrome. See, this is again, it's very, very accomplished. Oh, they say one of the symptoms is um, over preparing. Over preparation. Right. Yes. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so today, so today we're going to give everyone some knowledge, all right, and also share some of our personal stories, and uh, hopefully get a conversation going. And if you really find yourself to also be suffering from imposter syndrome, we'll also give you some tips about what maybe you can do about that. First, a uh, word from our sponsor. Our show is sponsored by Rocket Admit 火箭教育. So Rocket Admit is started by three. Ivy League alums with a mission to help Taiwanese high school students get into the top 30 American universities. Wow. So if you're interested, you can find them at www.rocketadmit.com. R-O-C-K-E-T-A-D-M-I-T.com. All right. So now... 
to our program. What is imposter syndrome, Summer? Imposter syndrome. All right, Shan told me not to read, so I'm just gonna <laughs> talk about it. It basically means that you think you don't deserve your success, and you often attribute it to other things like luck, like help from other people, just anything. Other than your own abilities,、mm. um, because you feel like you're a fraud. You feel like you're eventually going to be found out. Like you don't actually know what you're doing. When does it occur, and and what what creates it? It occurs literally everywhere.、Um, oftentimes, it occurs at work when you're maybe being promoted, when you have to give a presentation, when maybe you've been invited to be. A guest on a podcast.、Um, maybe you've been <laughs> accepted into college and you don't think you deserved it.、Ah. Um, things、mm-hmm. like that. I'm going to ask you a pointed question here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> What you got early admission right into early、mm-hmm. acceptance into Harvard? Yeah. All right. Did you feel like you deserve it? I felt imposter syndrome absolutely when I when I got in.、Mm. Why I, is that? Um. Again, I didn't attribute my success to my own abilities. I thought that I had help getting in. I, what was your help? Who helped you? I first of all, my dad went to Harvard, so I was a legacy kid. And that's that's not that's not wrong. That's not yeah. So well, I、no. felt guilty about that. I felt guilty. Guilty. <laughs> guilty about、oh, your dad wow, going to when yeah a little bit. And、oh. then I also felt like I didn't deserve it because a lot of the things I did in high school, I had help. Like my dad helped me. Oh, your internship, get, get right? My internship. So、uh-huh. at the Ravens. At the Ravens. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I, yeah, I felt like an imposter, and then that's so cool, by the way. Internship with the Baltimore Ravens. Thank you. Again, see, like I can't even say that it was my my doing because my dad helped me get it.、Um, but but you,、uh, well, we had an interview about this before、yeah. in a previous episode, and and. You talked about like what, how you made your own role in there because you really got into video production、mm-hmm. and everything. So kind of you know he opened the door for you,、mm-hmm. but everything else you did on your own. Yeah, right. So now I think like that. At the time when I when I got in, to be honest, I thought it was a mistake at first.、Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like they gave, <laughs> sent me the wrong email, and then only until they actually are you serious? Yeah, you thought they sent you the wrong email. Yes. <laughs> You, you thought it was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it was a mistake. Oh yeah, I can't believe I got, I got the. You, you had been admitted. You think Harvard? Dear Summer Shen, you've been admitted. Oh, it must be a mistake. A mistake. <laughs> and then only until I got the physical like package. Only then did I say, oh, I and actually did. Right. So then I I felt kind of internalized pressure, like imposter syndrome. But then I also felt. Imposter syndrome from my classmates. So my classmates were not very supportive of me getting in.、Um, what do you、supportive. mean? Why? You mean they didn't? They want to get in、you. as well. Yeah. So I was、um, one of the only people at my high school to get into their early school, and so I think some people、uh, were a little bit salty yeah, by their own decisions.、Right. And then so many rumors were flowing around the school that I didn't deserve to get in. That my dad had got my internship at the Ravens. That I was a legacy kid. And.、Mm. All these rumors were floating around. So, the, would you say that your imposter syndrome really kind of blew up then, or or has it been kind of a shadow in your life throughout your life? Yeah, I definitely felt imposter syndrome throughout high school, but it definitely blew up when I got into Harvard. Ah, okay. But it's And, better now. <laughs> it's better now. Yeah. 
Or what? maybe the first day of school, if you actually go to Harvard with that kind of like, and you see all these oh, like yeah. really brilliant people, you'll be like, Oh, I already feel that. Oh my gosh. I'm a part of this Facebook group with my classmates and there's like this introduction you get to do and all yeah. these people are so accomplished and I'm like, oh my gosh. Future I Mark don't. Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like the future, like... Bill Gates and I, I'm just like me and I didn't do anything and I didn't feel like I deserved to be there. Oh boy, I know all about that. That's oh, Sean, tell us about that's your that's your imposter syndrome, oh, Har- Harvard. <laughs> you know, you know how bad it got. So, um, so you know, every five years we have our reunion. Uh, yeah, yeah, our reunion. So I, I I went into Harvard Graduate School directly out of college, right? So I was in a doctoral program, which meant that you were going to be in there for at least five to ten years, and. Um, that was during the dot-com boom, the first dot-com boom. So I graduated in 1995, and then 96 was when everything took off. And a lot of my friends, they, when they graduated, they went into Wall Street, or if not, they, you know, they, they all flooded, started their own dot-coms, whatever. And that, at that time, there was a lot of money flowing around. And people had, you know, there were some people that made a lot of money, lost it overnight. You know, obviously, it was a bubble and everything. So it was the year 2000 we were having our first reunion Mm -hmm. and there were guys like flew in with their private jets (laughs) not yet (laughs) that would be a little too much well there there were there were alumni with private jets already just by virtue of their family but Uh that's another story right Mm -hmm. but there will be guys like driving in in a ferrari Mm. right coming in with some like you know supermodel on their arm (laughs) right and uh, and and or that was the impression so everyone there was this all these words floating around, right, about yeah. like these guys who made it, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? Like mm-hmm. including, like for example, um, Tony Xie, the guy that founded Zappos, uh, the Zappos guy, right? Yeah. I mean, he sold his first company like two or three years out of college. So yeah. he was already like a multimillionaire and yeah. he was a talk of the town. Everyone was like, oh man, Tony's going to drop in, man. He's going to be like all balling and everything, right? So I was a graduate student at the time. And still living in like a dorm, right? In like student housing and just feeling generally like you're like, oh man, you know, like all of my friends. Now, maybe some of them, they've lost the money that they made, but just the experience they've had, you know, all that like working hard and playing harder and just being the bright lights, big city of LA and New York and all that, right? You know, it. I just felt like I had no part of that. And... And, and you know what I did? I stayed in my room the whole entire reunion weekend. I didn't, I didn't attend my own reunion that was held in my own school, of which I was still there. Yeah. I could have just walked out the door. And I remember looking out the window of my room and seeing and hearing friends, right, that would walk on the street. And they'll be, you know, talking and chatting and obviously drunk or something, you know, coming out of a bar and, and just feeling sorry for myself. Feeling like 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 I wouldn't measure up, mm-hmm. and there was some sense of fear mm-hmm. that I would just ha- get into a conversation with them, and and somehow I would just feel like awful about myself. So yeah. so that's another form of weird imposter syndrome. It's just like imposter fear. Yeah. So strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like paralyzing to think that you're just not good enough. Other people are just better than you. You don't deserve to be there. Right. Yeah. Right. So now in your research, which I found fascinating, there is apparently five types of imposter syndrome. Right. Can you tell us about those? All right. Number one, the perfectionist. Uh-huh. Um, 
they they are never satisfied. They always feel like their work could be better. And rather than fixate on their strengths, they tend to focus on their flaws or mistakes. So basically, just a lot of self pressure.、Mm. Yes. All right. Who would call themselves a perfectionist here? Me. All right. <laughs> yeah, you also. Well, yeah. Like, learn learning to. Kind of recovering, yeah. Perfectionist. Like, well, people that are perfectionists usually overprepared, right? Yeah. And then also, when I was doing triathlons, there's a lot of people that always go to, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not fast enough. I had to, <laughs> I had to, I had to prepare a lot more." Yeah. You know, they'd be like running like a half marathon, but they're already running like a full marathon to make up to prepare for their half marathons.、Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see a lot of my yeah, and they're、enough. always like correcting themselves. Oh, I think I'm swimming correctly. I had to like change my style. Like they're always like trying to tweak themselves. Right. Right.、Mm-hmm. So that's the all right. That's a perfectionist attitude, which, as we all know, is actually quite counterproductive. Yes. Right. So that's one type of imposter and syndrome. All right. What's the second? The second one is called the superhero, and basically they just feel inadequate, and so they push themselves to take on as many roles as possible, juggle as many roles, and then if they fall short, then they feel inadequate again. Ooh, that I, I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. They are they just do everything,、mm-hmm. and people are like, "Wow, you're just so you're like an octopus."、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 they are always like, "Oh yeah,", yeah. always running around. Mm-hmm. No, but but I, I notice like kids that are like stuck between here and there right now. They can't go back to school, and they have to do the midnight classes. But they're always like kind of like fearful that they're not making themselves better. So ended up they try to do like internships, find a job, tutoring, and doing, and they're actually doing like way too much. You know that's interesting because they I I probably wouldn't give them the title of superhero. Is a little bit of a FOMO there, yeah, yeah, yeah. right?、You're、they want to, yeah. yeah, they want to keep up with everything else, and like,、um, like Lauren, yeah,、right? one, one of the kids we earlier say, yeah, earlier season, first season, first go back season. and listen to it, <laughs> yeah, and how he felt like just he wasn't kind of measuring up to how all his other classmates are using their free time, and so he was overextending himself as a result.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's、right. definitely imposter syndrome. Because, that's another type. Yes,、mm-hmm. that's another type. All right, so. The third, the third type, the expert. They're never satisfied with their current knowledge. Always trying to learn more,、mm. Um, mm. thinking that they don't know enough. Basically, yes. yes. So it's kind of like the superhero just does more. The expert learns more.、Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And the fourth, the natural genius. Basically, they set these huge, huge goals for themselves, and if they don't meet them, they're devastated. It's interesting. They call it the natural genius because that sounds like fixed mindset to me. Yeah. Right, like kids who were probably brought up just just believing, like or, or saying, like, "Oh, you're such a genius. You're naturally gifted at something." Blah blah blah, and then they have to carry that title throughout their whole life.、Mm-hmm. Right. So the natural genius. So as a result, they set excessively lofty goals that because they, they think they can achieve it, but then if they don't, they're just crushed. They're crushed, and they and they and they think, "Oh, I'm not good." But then on the outset, they on the outside, they still have to put up this front.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Last one. The soloist. Basically, they think that they need to do everything on their own, and their self worth stems from their productivity. If they ask for help, then they're not good enough.、Mm-hmm. If they ask for help, they're not good enough.、Mm-hmm. So、oh, they prefer、man. to work alone. Ah. Or the people cannot reach their standards, right? So they have to work alone, and they feel like if they don't do something, this whole thing is going to fall apart. Hmm.、Mm. 
Mm. Or if they ask for help, they're going to be found out, you know, oh, they'll know that I'm not, I don't actually know what I'm doing because yeah. I'm asking for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Ah, well, yeah. Preferring to work alone, uh, self-worth stems from, pro from their productivity. Boy, that sounds like my dad. No, it sounds like you. <laughs> Sean, it sounds like you too. <laughs> It sounds like me? Really? I, oh, God. Well, yes, I do, I, I do enjoy working alone, but I actually, look, I enjoy working with other people. <laughs> we would not have this podcast without you two. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You'd be talking to yourself. I, I hate talking to myself. You know what happens when I talk to myself? You know the last time that I tried to record one of those solo podcasts where it was just me talking alone? Uh-huh. It took me 12 hours. <laughs> no way. Did you go to a very dark place? It, I went to a very dark place. Like if, if you saw like the amount of edits that like the thing, like you zoom out on that, on my computer screen. I mean, it literally, it was like a pixelated. Board, right? Yes. It's ridiculous. And I kept asking myself while I was cutting, I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> because you're a perfectionist. <laughs> I have to admit, I do have a perfectionist tendency that I'm trying extremely hard a lot of times to, to, to temper. Me too. Right. Yeah. How do you do it, Summer? You just kind of have to remind yourself that nothing's going to be perfect. You just have to go for it. I think the hugest symptom of my perfectionism is not starting a project unless it's perfect or like the perfect conditions. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't weather like... weather has to be right. Right. You have to be in the right temperature. Right. I wanted to like read this book, but I was like, oh, I can't just like start reading on, on my commute. I need to like sit down and have the perfect atmosphere and ambiance yeah. to read this book. I really identify with that. Right, yes. yeah. I, I, I do the same thing with my writing. A lot of times it's yeah. gotta be like, like, you know, I say I have to have this very long period of time and the perfect, yes. Yes. like I have to have this view outside the window. <laughs> yes. I need to be inspired. Me too. So the, the end result is that you put things off. Procrastinate, right. You procrastinate. You just don't do it. You know what, Summer? I You would be the last person I would that would expect to say <laughs> that you procrastinate. Procrastinate. Come on, from everything that we know of Summer, right? Summer's always been so on the ball with yeah. stuff. Sorry if I'm adding to your imposter syndrome <laughs> feeling here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I do get things done, but I'm with work, with my own projects, that's where I feel with your a lot. Your own projects. Yes, painting. If I yeah. don't have like six hours to paint, can't paint. Like one uh, hour, yeah, I can't do that. Does it have to be the right, right pen, the right ink, the right everything? Yeah, I need for to me, be in I the do. right atmosphere, yeah, like from, in the my, mindset. If I'm too tired, can't do it. <laughs> so say that you do get all, everything right mm -hmm. and you begin creating. Mm -hmm. In that process, do you find yourself constantly criticizing yourself? Absolutely. Mm. Let's just use my painting example. I start painting, this is trash, like this is terrible, I need to start over, or I just, I shouldn't be doing this right now. It's all these thoughts in my head. Yeah, yeah. And, and it also happens with people, I mean, not just creatively, but with work, right? Mm -hmm. So Charlotte, you were talking about back when you were doing VC mm -hmm. and, and consulting, and you would be taking these spreadsheets over to- Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of the uh, people in VCs, they're all science and business. Like they, they have some sort of like um, engineering background or right. stuff like that. I was the only one that only had, uh, I got an MBA. And so I was doing, I'm the spreadsheet person and the present, I, I, I'm the talking person. Oh, you did presentation the, and yeah. spreadsheets. Well, wow. I would say talking more than spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to go present to these like nerds, right? Engineers and stuff like uh -huh. that. And that's the time when you really feel like you're imposter. Yes, me too. Yeah. You always feel inadequate when you're, like, because I'm not as technical as well. Yes. So when you're next to, like, people who are really yes. technical, STEM-oriented, yes, you STEM feel... Yes, STEM people. Mm -hmm. and, then, and, then, and then you have to try to talk to them about, like... And my conductor, right. and then you have to tell them like their five-year plan, right. and you know that five-year plan is like 
You, right. In your heart, you know it's BS. <laughs> but you still have to present it to them. Well, there's this thing called spotlight effect, right? Yes. Where it's like uh, if you walk into a party and you, you you just have a little stain on your shirt. Like you just feel like everyone can see it. Yes. You know, because there's a spotlight on you. Yes. So you feel like your own whatever lack of knowledge or yes, expertise. Yes, lack of that I'm not good at. Um, I'm not good at accounting. I'm not good at, um, yeah, and I'm not good at all these things at that moment. You like mm-hmm. really feel it. And you're like, why am I giving this presentation? <laughs> I don't, I know less than people like, mm. you know, down there, you know, why am I saying these things? You know, I want this over so much. <laughs> so, so here are some symptoms of imposter syndrome. This may look like doubting yourself and your abilities. Yes. Check. An inability to realistically assess your competence and skills. Mm-hmm. Check. Attributing your success to external factors, we talked about that. Berating your performance. Yes. yes. Fear that you don't live up to expectations or fear of failing mm-hmm. very much. Overachieving. Mm-hmm. Sabotaging your own success. Yes. Oh, this is a big one. Sabotaging your own success, right? So by feeling like an imposter, you eventually become an imposter. I mean, this is the, yes. that's the nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. And... You know, for those who are listening, if this actually kind of does resonate a little bit, uh, you know, you're not alone. Uh, I mean, besides the three of us here in this room, which, <laughs> which turns out we all, all had experienced this. According to this one study, 70% of people experience at least one episode of this phenomenon in, in their lives. Yeah, 70%. Mm-hmm. So this imposter syndrome thing, but if you experience it as some episode that means it can go away mm-hmm. it's not something that's going to be accompanying you for your whole life can you tell us about some time or some strategy that you have done in the past to help you get over that feeling because the feeling that's really what it is mm-hmm. for me it was talking to my family and just saying words of self-affirmation so you know, my college example, after I got in, I felt imposter syndrome for maybe a week. And then I decided I need to get over myself mm. and start like actually accepting the fact that I got in. So I talked with my family, they reaffirmed my abilities. And then I like looked at myself in the mirror, was like, you deserve it. <laughs> like you, really? yeah, yeah, I pointed, you deserve, I pointed you at myself, it. right. And then I started like listing all the reasons why I did. I did this, I did this, I did uh-huh. this. I'm like, oh wait, I actually did do some things like yeah. it wasn't just like a fluke yeah um and kind of reframing my own thoughts instead yeah. of being like oh you're like trash you're stupid <laughs> like no you deserve to get in somewhere you're smart you're intelligent you work hard uh, wow. I, I just kind of move it's on a- i just kind of finish what i had to do and just start doing something else and don't think about what happened before <laughs> kind of more about more ostrich approach so, so, so you just overachieve some more <laughs> <laughs> right. Move on to another. Put on your your superhuman cape and <laughs> become the superhero yeah. for someone else. Yeah, that's oh, you know, this feeling. I I think is really this nagging feeling. And then when you are, especially in the company of accomplished people, who you feel like they've really sort of made their accomplishment, right? And uh, and and I always remember this one point in which I was talking to someone that I really deeply respected. It was a business leader. And I said, you know, what, what, what do you think is the secret to your success? And he said, luck. <laughs> he said, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you ask a lot of successful people, they'll say, look, a lot of success is luck. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't deny it. Yes. But at the same time, you, can't, you, you shouldn't poo-poo it. 
you shouldn't think less of yourself because you got lucky. Absolutely. I wrote down as you know my notes for this episode. Everyone <laughs> experiences luck, but it doesn't account for all of your success. Yep. Yep. Luck kind of opens the door for you. Or it gives you some opportunity, or allows you to be. <laughs> and we're looking at this one book right here. It's called 优秀不是靠运气 right?、Yes. So, yeah. So excellence is not pure luck.、Mm -hmm. There is elements of luck in there. And that's、yeah. why we say good luck every time. You know, there's going to be、uh, some competition. I think there is going to be that. But you can't just feel like all of it is dependent on your luck. And you know, for as far as myself, is、um, one thing that that I did find. Helpful is writing down what I did throughout the day.、Mm. You know, because I do I, every once in a while. I still feel like oh, I'm not as productive as I could be. You know, I'm not making、yeah. the most out of my time. Right, just constantly just feeling like that. And it's like wow, this whole day just went. And what did I accomplish? I didn't write any articles. I didn't paint any paintings. I didn't write a song. I didn't write. You know, I have a lot of no, sort of these kind of creative endeavors. But that's just endeavors, a,、right? one day. Some people feel like their whole life. That's the that's worst thing. That's scary. See, because、yeah. I I hear that from my mother. Like my mother,、um, she used to be in construction, and she did she built a lot of buildings. Yeah. But this point, and she's like almost eighty. She's like, I didn't do anything in my life. Oh. And she goes, Charlotte, don't grow up like me. And we didn't do,、uh, you know, you don't, you don't so, do. Yeah, she feels so that what, way. So when you hear her say that, what do you say? I'm like, Mom, I don't know what what is like what define not doing anything. Please. Tell me, what does that like, mean?、Yeah. Sounds like she's done a lot. Yeah. yeah, she's built buildings. She had three kids. I mean, I mean, she's done so much. She took care of so many people. But still, at the end of the day, an eighty-year-old woman still feels she she hasn't done anything. Wow. So maybe it runs in the family. <laughs> does it? Does it? Does, does it? Does, does your dad say that, or your dad should not? Your、uh, dad. My my dad's kind of special. He doesn't say that, but. <laughs> My my dad would literally say like if he says he he would measure the quality of his day by how much he got accomplished. Yeah, and I have to say that that kind of rubbed off at least a little bit on me, me. too. It really did affect me, and that's why I say you know the the、uh, productivity system that I use right now, right? So there's this these cards that、mm -hmm. you switch around, and there's this one one、uh, lane that's just done. Right, so every time that you you know you, you finish something, even if it's a really really small thing, you just switch it over to the done pile. And whereas I used to just sort of cross stuff out, right? So I switch it over to the to the done pile, and it says, you know, just celebrate your success. At the end of the day, you just、yes. see that you have a whole bunch of stuff that you got done. Yes. And I actually did find that it works better than just crossing stuff off of a to do list. Somehow crossing it out is different from. Yes, having it accumulate as a pile,、yeah. and then and then you're like, oh, actually, I, I, you know, even though I didn't write an article, I made a whole bunch of phone calls. But I think also, what is your goal? I think at the end you have to go because for my mother, she feels like she didn't do anything, but she she doesn't own any business, and that to her is something that she's not satisfied with. She's done so much, but she wanted a career,、uh, and she didn't have it. So、uh, so you kind of ask yourself like. What is your end? What is your end、yeah. game? What、I、is your? What is? What do you want? You know. I think taking a step back. Yeah. Just not placing your worth on how productive you are. For the longest time, I thought that my only, like, place of validation was productivity. And over the past few months during my gap year, I kind of reframed how I view productivity and my self worth, and I don't link the two anymore. Yes. How yes. did you reframe it? I what, just. What, what is it? What is the new frame? 
here? I just, instead, during high school, I thought that um, burning myself out to the point of exhaustion was like the ultimate like productivity, like the where you want to be. And now I'm just like, there's so much more to life than being productive. Yes. If I, like I used to, on my to-do list, I would have these tasks. And now on my to-do list, like some days I'm like, say hi to a stranger, you know? <laughs> like, or just like, awesome. com- compliment a stranger. Just things that are a little bit more yeah. soft and less like productivity yeah. oriented that yeah. kind of improve yourself just like as a person. Now you, so you got this because you watched Laurie Santos' course or <laughs> the, the, the art of happiness and the science of happiness? I actually started taking the Yale one, right? Uh, the Yale one, happens. right? Yes, yeah. Because that was one of the things that she said that it was that you should be on your to-do list. Oh, okay. Say hi to strangers, make conversations with people, right. because the research bears it out that that actually improves your mood. It does. Even though all the research, right? So people they, they give people these tests and like, how do you, how do you think you would feel talking to that stranger over there? And everyone was like, oh, I don't think it'll go very well. So everyone marks themselves as like a low low mark, but then they actually do it. And then afterwards they all get high scores, mm. right? Yeah, so that's great. So giving yourself some uh, soft skill goals, mm-hmm. is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yes. or like mindset, maybe just like, don't say any negative things to yourself today. Compliment yourself a few times. If you catch yourself being mean to yourself, immediately stop what you're doing and uh, give yourself a compliment. How do you do that? Like. Just looking at yourself in the mirror, like every day, do you say your affirmations? I do it in the morning. And then I've also um, learned to be a little bit more aware of my own thought patterns. So when I catch myself saying something negative, then I immediately stop myself. Like literally out loud, I'll be like, no, Summer. And then Mm. we'll redirect. No. Yeah. That's not you. Yeah, no. (laughs) And it's... It's something that I'm working on over the past few months. Like even from when I first came on the podcast, I think I've grown a lot just introspective wise. Uh Uh-huh. How so? I just, I reflect on my own thoughts a lot more and I started journaling. Ah. Oh, so you actually keep a journal now. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't place my self-worth on my productivity as much. And it's still hard some days. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't do like 10 things Yes, um, mm, yes. Mm. But then I'm like, oh no, I, I like did my laundry today. I, whatever. I, And then also giving yourself tiny little goals. So yeah. I'll do like make my bed, <laughs> fold my laundry, wash my face like in the morning. Does that make you happy? Because that would be like, that to me is just like chores. Yeah, I think just <laughs> here I go ce- again. <laughs> celebrating small successes, you know? Celebrating small wins. Yeah. Yeah. And also, Charlotte, what you, who you talked about, about what your end goal is. I think sometimes you do kind of have to reframe that or redefine that yeah. throughout your life, you right? changing. Yeah. There's some things that, that I know there are some kids that live the first half of their professional life wanting to prove themselves to yes. their parents. And then they realize, and then, and then maybe one day their parents are not here anymore, and they suddenly they're lost because they got no one to prove to. Yes. And then suddenly now they're trying to compare themselves to their to their friends or whatnot, right? Always, always being very very unhappy in that an element. And really, can you own your own success, right? Just be like, yeah, maybe maybe my definition of success should be a high quality of life. Should be when I get up in the morning. Am I? And that's an okay. Smiling? That's an okay goal because yeah. some people would think that's oh, just uh, my goal is to be happy. That's like a really weak goal. 
<laughs> oh right, yeah. People be like, yeah, yeah. yeah let's go for losers. Like? Yeah, when you're such a slack, you just want to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Happy's for softies. <laughs> <laughs> Because you yeah. can't cut it. That's why you want to be happy. So, so here's a box with really, you know, helpful cognitive restructuring. This is a really, really nice, very professional sounding term, but um, ways, you know, in which you can try to. Turn a, a, a previously unhelpful way of thinking into a more constructive way of thinking. Can you share that with us, Summer? Okay. So instead of saying they are all going to think I'm a fraud, you can say I will do my best, and I cannot predict what they may think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, second, it went well because the audience was being nice. No, you could say it went well because I put a lot of work into it. Yeah. Lastly, unhelpful thinking. I should already know this. I must get more training. And then the restructure is. I continue to learn every single day, and it's unrealistic to know it all. Totally, you know, just like us doing this podcast. Hey, just think about from the when we first started till now, right? And how much we've grown. And um, and for those of you listening, if you're just the first time tuning in, you know, welcome. We're going to keep doing this and sharing our <laughs> viewpoints. And hopefully, this episode has been helpful to you. And you know. Uh, bringing up some resonance yes. and uh, please feel free to share any and all comments with us on our FB and IG. The links are going to be in the show notes. And, uh, and also if you're listening on Apple podcasts, please give us a five star and a nice review. Please. Yes. Thank you. It'll it really, really helps. It, it'll really feel, make us feel less like an imposter. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But really it's all about, it's a process of growing and changing and the most important thing is just going out there and doing it and having fun and enjoying it. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, thank you all for listening. And until next time, this is Between Here and There. See ya. Bye. Hey, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Between Here and There. If you enjoyed it, kindly give us some stars and leave a review for us on your platform of choice. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, referrals for guests, etc., please feel free to contact us on our social media accounts. Just search Between Here and There on FB or IG. This show is produced in collaboration with Soundshine, Xuanyan Wenchuang. Our hosts are Sean Liu, producer Charlotte Guo, assistant producer Summer Shen, and this really awesome music you're hearing is by one of our season one guests, Spark Wu. Until next time, thanks for listening.